in? Oh my god, Ray on the podcast. What's this, up? This is really exciting, actually. Oh. Back on. Take two, Here baby. Ray Fulcher on the podcast. Um, still recording, Lewis? Fantastic. Um, so excited to have you on here. I really want you on since I saw you play the Opry. I was at the Opry debut. Oh my gosh, yeah. Completely stole the show then. I forget who was on it, but maybe that's the point. I don't, I don't even remember who was on you it know that what? night. I don't remember. It's weird. I don't remember much about that night either. Like at it was all, so really? overwhelming. You know, um, I you remember were... bits and pieces, but I don't remember who else was on it at all. Um, you were kind of I like I remember talking to Dan Rogers after who's like yeah. the I think he's was he the president of the opera or he's like yeah. the manager. And he's he the was man. and him and I often talk about like opera clips yeah. that he always goes back to and rewatches. Yeah. He was saying that your clip of uh selling cars, he was like, yeah. I think that's gonna be a clip that I go back to and rewatch. Well again. he told me and, it's and, yeah. the moment I came off the stage. I mean like the moment Dan grabbed me and was like, I've been looking for another clip to watch after Ashton. He McBride. said that to you too, right? He said that to me. And he said, and now I found it. He's like, that was incredible. So, uh, man, yeah, that night was a blur. What's crazy is even that, you know, the moment I played selling cars and I, you know, I got pretty emotional and stuff. And uh, then I got a standard ovation, which is crazy. And I, but I don't really have much record because I was just so emotional and so like in the moment. Looking back, I don't have much like super recollection of, of kind of what that felt like up there. I mean, what it felt like, yeah, but but memories and stuff and like images not a lot of that so are you rewatching the clip also I, have, I mean i have there's not yeah. a great clip on youtube there's sort of like a like someone's iphone recorded on youtube is right the clip that's, that's what that's it on. is is yeah. that the clip there's got to be more of like an official clip somewhere right it probably is somewhere i think i mean the opry probably has it too um i just like the iphone clip because it's like from the crowd and you kind of see all the people kind of you know getting excited or whatever um but yeah i mean i've watched it a few times now but Golly, that was that was a pretty crazy experience. What was the, because you played that one acoustic? Yep. You easily could have like brought the band into it, sure. but who decides to do that one acoustic? Like you sort of close the set with it. Yeah, I just decided. You know, for me, it was I fell in love with music. About I went to my first Eric Church show, Church show when I was nineteen, and he played. He he like had a set in the middle where it was just him and a guitar, and it the songs he played that night blew me away and like really just gave me this dream. And my my Opry debut, especially that song, I was like, it just needs to be where for even if for nothing else for me, I just wanted it to be where it all started, just me and a guitar and the crowd at the Opry, and that's it. And uh, you know, sink or swim, that's the way I wanted it to be, and I think it I think it paid off doing it that way. That was, it was such a cool moment. I mean, do you because you couldn't even get through the song? Yeah, which kind of made it even yeah. better. It was kind of I always like that when people like sort of it's almost like laugh when they laugh at SNL. Yeah. The skit the skit becomes better. Right. Like I like when that happens because it brings such like a human element to it. And it says like, yeah. whoa, this is like a this is a big moment. Sure. Like, do you remember what what you were thinking, or you don't even you don't even have a clue? Oh, so I remember. Right? I do remember thinking, all right, don't don't choke up, don't get through this, and like trying to sort of be somewhere else so that I wouldn't just, you know, fall apart. But then I went to sing, I guess, the second, uh, after. so the first chorus, I do remember this, the first chorus, and I really don't even remember, I remember watching it back, I don't remember this in real time, but uh, after the first chorus, the place went insane. Yeah, were you expecting that? No. Because I'm, I think I'm in the video, actually, I think you yeah. can hear me in the video. <laughs> There's someone on the first chorus who goes, whoo! And I think yeah. that's me because awesome. I remember doing that. Yeah. But I was like, holy crap, this song, 
I'm cutting you off, but like no. it, it, the place erupted when you hit the chorus, right? Yeah, it was, it was so it was like pretty silent the first you know when I'm playing first verse and chorus, and then when I hit that first hook of the chorus at the end, the place erupted, and I it sort of took me aback, and so then when I started the second verse and I was like kind of choking up, I just like let myself feel it then, and because it was. You know, it's one thing playing the, getting to play the Opry was a dream, but to have that kind of reaction halfway through that first, that last song, I finally got to just like feel all the emotion that I've been like trying to just get through it all day and 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 stuff, and it just kind of came out. When you play, have you played the song since? I'm assuming, or maybe yes. not. Um, I mean, at the Opry, or just in general. Oh yeah, we have, we have. And do you get the same reaction? Depends on, the on where we, depends on where we're at. It always gets a good reaction. Um. And I get to tell the Opry story, and that helps. And and uh, and then that the bridge comes in, and it kind of talks about the Opry. And so, uh, but it's one of my favorite songs off the album. Where do you um, put it in your set? We usually put it. I put it close to the end, and I always ha I always leave room at the beginning to like kind of tell the story of the song, sort of kind of the story that I told, a shorter version of the story I told at the Opry, and then get to tell them that I debuted debuted at the Opry, um, which is always cool. But you know what I always say too before we play that song is that it's for the dreamers and the believers and the underdogs because that's what it's about and you know at the heart of that song and so people seem to you know really kind of latch onto that. Were you? Because I feel like when I listen to the song, it gives it puts me in such a good mood. Mm -hmm. And it like were you trying to capture a mood or a feeling with it when you were writing it? It's such a like I, I've listened to the song like you know multiple times where yeah. I'm like oh my god like I'm down on life and this yeah. song just like puts you in a good mood yeah it's I think like... that's that's kind of the that's what I wanted people to get out of it is just kind of a um it's really my story in a song right it's like I was doing this and then I got this dream and now I'm doing this and even if it's like a Matthew McConaughey thing that I've that I've uh there's a clip of him talking before and it's like um finding like it's the joy in the journey and so that's why um even if I quote unquote, you know what the song says, even if I quote unquote came up here and, and failed, it would have been me never trying would have been something that I could never get over. And so, um, and it's really just a song about that. Like just kind of, um, enjoying the journey and not worried as much as about, about the destination because it's you're, you're doing what you've been born to do. And I, you know, I truly feel that way, you know, with what I'm doing. So. That was such a cool moment. One, I've been to the opera so many times, but that yeah. moment like always stands out. Yeah. That night, like I don't remember anything about that night except for the moment. Yeah. When you played that song, it was just felt like such a moment, and I feel like all your music feels so good. Like you know, I was getting my wisdom teeth out years ago in like 2018. I was getting my wisdom teeth pulled, and um, in the like beginning of this operation, I remember the. Uh, the dentist or whoever was putting Novocaine in my mouth. Mm -hmm. And he, he said this line I'll never forget. He said, I officially pronounce you numb is what he said. <laughs> and in that moment, I swear to God, I was listening. I had my headphones down. I was listening to a country playlist. And when it rains, it pours came on, like mm. right in that moment. And it made me feel like a little bit better. Like it made yeah. me, it just put me in a better mood to be like having my wisdom teeth yanked sure. out. Yeah. <laughs> like that song to me does the same thing. But to me, like when you were writing that song, with Luke, mm -hmm. it, it, it was originally supposed to be like a like a sad song, right? It wasn't supposed to be a downer kind yeah, of. Yeah, so Luke had the idea of when it rains, it pours, and it was, I mean, it was literally originally supposed to be something like, you know, when it rains, it pours, kind of like a sad thing, and it, when something's going bad, it, it was kind of like a, when it rains, 
it pours the bottle kind of thing is the way we kind of originally thought it. And a then, bummer. It's like a bummer song. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we love, I mean, those rip your heart out songs. That's honestly what we love to write the, the, the most. It's most fun for Luke and I for the most part. But Jordan Walker was the third writer. And then he, we just kind of were fumbling through this, trying to figure out how we make a set. And then Jordan was just like, what if we just did the total opposite and made it just the best, like, just create this two weeks for this guy and it's the best thing ever. And like when it rains, it pours one good thing happens and then another good thing happens. And and it all starts with this girl breaking up with him. We're like, okay, we'll try it. Sat around for 30 minutes trying to figure out, well, how do we start that? And then out of nowhere, I just remember from the moment this happened to the end of the song was an hour, maybe that was Um, an hour. You wrote that. Yeah. But from the moment that, that Luke said out of nowhere, just goes, I don't know, maybe it, does it start something like, Sunday morning, man, she woke up fighting mad. You know, we were like, whatever that is, that's how we're starting it. I don't know where it goes. And then we just, one thing after another, and we, you know, we had so much fun coming up with kind of the deep sea scenery to fish in and uh, ex-future mother-in-law, all that stuff was super fun. But we walked out of the room that day going, I mean, Luke didn't even have a record deal then. So we walked out just thinking, well, we had fun. I mean, that song will never get cut, but we had fun writing it. And then... Is that first of all? Why is that opening line a great line? It's such a great opening line. Is it because it just know. like sets it? It sets up like uh, the start yeah, of a story. It's it's yeah, such a good so. opening line, it, right? It is kind of like the start. It, when you think about it, it's like how you would start a story. All right, on Sunday morning, she woke, and then from there, and then from there. I also just think it's the way it, it kind of uh, cold starts with that. And the, the melody just kind of hits you. Sunday morning. Before the band comes in, the first thing yeah. you hear is the vocal. Yeah. Which is, I don't know why that's so good, but that's so I good. Me neither, yeah. And the only re- I think the only reason they did that is because the song is so long. And the song's over four minutes. And so to ha- to put an intro on it would have been 420 or something. So they're like, we got to find a way to, you know, to save room. Because four-minute song ain't supposed to work on radio now in these days. And so... We broke all the rules. We changed the words in the chorus. You're not well, supposed to do that. I was going to ask about that. Was Were you sort of doing that because you were thinking like, this song will never get cut. Let's just have fun with the chorus. You know, what's the craziest chorus we can write? That's basically what we were thinking. Like, are you we, showing off in that? But when well, you we just were basically like, well, we have to write a different chorus if we're going to move the story along. But will that mess us up at radio? Well, no one has a record deal in here, so what do we care? Let's like, just, this thing's never going to see the let's light Let's just write the song like it's supposed to be written. And uh, so we broke every rule in the book. Four, over four minutes cold start no intro uh change the lyrics really wordy song um did all the wrong stuff and one of his biggest songs of his career yeah it's like his my first number one you know so yeah one thing because i know the story that you met luke at like you know your third day in town Mm -hmm. you were getting drinks with a buddy i think it was like your birthday right yeah and he says you know i'm some guy's crashing on my couch you know if you want to come over and hang and i just think you could have been like Ah, uh, you know, man, like... I think about that, too. I'm like, man, you, I could have just gone back that. home. You could have gone yeah. back home, right? Yeah. And do you think you would have ever crossed paths with him again? I mean, or I like... would have crossed paths, but we definitely wouldn't have... I mean, because because of that meeting, I was one of the only people that Luke knew when he moved four months later. So when he moved four months later, and I was one of the only people he knew, I was one of the first people that he got in touch with. So he's like, I don't know anybody. I know I, know, I met you once, and we hung out, and it was cool. Do you want to come over and hang? Sure. The next thing you know, we're listening to Keith Whitley records and we're, you know, playing Madden and we're talking about Eric Church and, and how he's our hero and playing the game of like, you know, album, deep, deep album cut Eric Church. And we couldn't stump each other. And we're like, 
oh, you're like the only other guy that I know that know. And then we just created this bond. And next thing you know, we're like, hey, we should probably write. And the first song we wrote was Beer Can, which is on his first record. Um, and just just kept, you know, we've never, I've just texted with him this morning. I mean, we're still best of buddies. And that part's never, it's been like, we've never wavered in that. And we've never stopped writing songs. So, you know, just keep doing it. Did you see like, like I've heard you said that you kind of knew he was going to be a star. Mm-hmm. But hindsight, it's kind of twenty twenty. But he seemed like the least star guy, sure. Especially at the time of what. Well, the reason I say that, yeah, is because I had seen him play a couple. Like I'd seen a couple of his videos online before. I was like, man, this guy can sing. But first time I heard him sing in person was at Tin Roof Revival. This thing we have that the songwriters around in town, yeah. and and uh, and I tell everybody this all the time. I was like, I don't care if the dude looked like a prototypical country star at the time or whatever, there's been two times in my life where I was like, there ain't nothing stopping, one of the two things in my life that I've seen in person that I go for the first time, and I said, there is nothing stopping, there's gonna be nothing that can stop this or this person from being just one of the best ever, and that is the first, because I worked for the football team at Georgia with the quarterbacks. First time I saw Matt Stafford throw a football, I was like, that is different than anything I've ever seen, and that is elite. And at 17 years old. And then um, the first time I heard Luke Combs sing in person, I was like, there's no, I don't care what he, I don't care if he looks prototypical. I don't get, I don't care. That guy is a star because I've never heard anyone sound like that in, in my whole life. And so immediately, you know, and he got, even after that, he was getting turned down by record deals and out publishing deals and everything. Didn't matter. I was new. That guy's, that guy's going to be a star. And what was happening with you? Like, were you also, Getting turned down by record deals. Uh, and I was getting turned sh- down by publishing. By publishing companies. deals. Yeah, I, had, I hadn't even got to a point where I was having record meetings yet. Um, but I mean, we both were just kind of having those meetings where you go and if anybody's done the whole song and dance in Nashville, you know it's the kind of man. Golly, we super dig what you're doing. Just keep doing it, and we'll circle back in six months. And you're like, what? Well, and it just it doesn't make a lot of sense. But you just keep going and keep you know and you know I remember this. I do remember this moment that was kind of a, a a game changer for me as far as headspace and as far as mentality was we that that was happening with us so frequently that we just were like what what game do we what, like what chess piece are we not moving that we're supposed to be and then I remember Luke and I specifically going but well, we don't know and there's really no way to, to know that so instead of trying to figure that out let's put our let's put our uh, energy into writing, creating stuff that we're just proud of. Cause if the, in the worst case scenario, we get run out of town because we don't, we're broke and we need to go, you know, whatever it, the worst case scenario, we have stuff that we can look back on and go, man, we're proud of that. And at least we were true to ourselves, you know, and the best case scenario is that we write stuff that's really authentic and true to ourselves. And it really comes across that way, and it's easier to write because it is coming from a real place. And if people love it, we might have something. Do you ever and, see like young writers or artists in town who are very antsy? Yeah. And do you ever just want to say like, "Look, I didn't pick up a guitar till I was twenty-one. Like, chill yeah. out, bro. Like, oh, there's yeah. there's time here. Like, Absolutely. Right? I mean, I, I I run into them all the time, and I know some of them pretty you know pretty well. Where I go, man, I I know how it feels. I know what you're feeling. But let me just tell you something. Like, I didn't even move to town till I was four years older than you. I didn't even pick up a guitar until you probably were moving to town. You know, and so 
just you got time you know don't don't rush the process because it is a process and in a lot of ways i'm still in you know on the uh there's always there's always um a new hill to climb there's always things to conquer and i'm wearing both hats i'm a writer writing sorry songwriting and an artist hat and so that never ends and so don't you know just find a way to enjoy kind of where you're at and and know that if it's consistency over time you know that i think eventually wins and and it's hard especially with social media it's really hard you know to kind of go with that mentality and not feel all the time like you're like you're behind or that like you're not doing something right or or you get super antsy like you were saying um but yeah i mean those guys that are 25 girls that are young that feel that way it's like always i, I have that conversation a lot where i'm like you have time and i know that that sounds like some dad thing to say but you do have time because i'm living proof that you have time you know so were people supportive around you because you had this great degree you could have mm -hmm. gone and been a teacher and now like you're approaching your 30s and you're songwriting you sure. haven't seen big success yet yeah like were people saying like hey ray like oh yeah for what's sure what's going I mean, on here man for sure i mean and you could you could just less people telling you and you just feel kind of the yeah well you know, I guess he'll be moving back home in a couple of years, you know, and whatever. And, and there, I did have, I mean, I have my nucleus of people and friends and like who truly believed in me. And even if nothing ever happened, would have been like, you did the right thing. You went and, but now you feel, now I can tell that. And I've even had some people tell me, man, kudos, because when you left, I was like, he'll be back. There's no way this is going to happen. It's a one in a million shot. Yeah. You know? And I'm later in life Georgia. and I have a master's degree and I'm going to do this. Like, it doesn't make sense even saying it out loud. Looking back, I'm like, pretty crazy to do. But, um, so yeah, I mean, less people telling me and more of me just being able to feel that. But for sure, I mean, and I don't blame them. I would, but you know, if I'd have on the other side of it, I probably would have thought the same thing. Yeah, so. but it beats the hell out of selling cars. Exactly, it does. Is the, yes. I've heard you say that, like, you'll write these songs with Luke, for example. Yeah. And, like, Luke will cut them, and you'll, and you'll say, like, look, Luke's got the biggest platform in country mm -hmm. music, so he should be the one to cut them. Yeah. But is that really true, Ray? Because I feel like you should be taking the best songs you get. You should be very competitive over these songs. Well, you know. How does this work? You know, for when I'm writing with Luke, I th it's been an understood thing for a long time between us that if we're writing, I'm trying to write for we're trying to write for Luke. That's been our thing, the thing that's worked for us. And there's been a song on my record that we wrote for Luke that just didn't wind up fitting exactly, excuse me, uh, for Luke, fitting exactly right. And so I wound up cutting it. But that's bucket list beers. Bucket list right? beers. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to mess with that formula because for me, but, but by saying that, what I have to double down on is that, okay, if I'm going to commit to that, with him, then I need to make sure that I save time, ideas, and energy and headspace to be able to write equally good songs outside of that space. Um, and, you know, challenging because Luke is also a really great songwriter. We, we, we write really great songs together, I think. Um, and some of those songs that we write for him are some of my favorites. But I still have the same opportunity to go write just as good as songs that I love just as much for myself. But in that arena with me and him, that's always been our kind of formula. Not to say, if I was to say, hey man, halfway through a song, I really want this. He'd be the first to say, 
Well, let's finish it. You have it. But also, I got to be smart about my career, too. And so, because um, I'm not just wearing the artist hat. Would you ever put out a song that he released that you guys wrote together? Like, Go Dogs was a re- was released originally by another artist, right? Do I have that right? It was on hold. Oh, it was, so on, it was hold on hold by, by I'm pretty sure Luke Bryan had it on hold. Because um, he uh, was, you know, he's from Georgia and stuff. And wound up putting out another dad song, I think. But, you know, thank the Lord, because I, I got to put that one out. That is a great song, actually. Thanks. I think one of my other favorites is uh, Down in My Window. Yeah. Which I feel like is, is that considered a deep cut? Do you ever, do you play that one live ever? We do, actually, because it's so fun to play live. What is a, I, I know it is from the song, but it just seems like such a random detail to turn to a song down in my window, a little yeah. down in my window. Yeah. Like, was it, was that lyric or was that title gnawing at you or like, how'd you get that title? No, we just were, uh, we were, Jonathan Singleton and I and Wyatt Durrett were just writing one day and couldn't find anything to write about. And I remember we had already put out Dance, Anything Like You Dance, and it was doing really well. And so we basically were like, well, let's put something out that feels that good, that kind of is in that same kind of r- rhythmic world. But, um, and then he, and then we talked about, what's the song you listened to driving in this morning? And I, it, mine was The Cowboy Rides Away. And so we basically just did our, uh, our 20, you know, kind of n- not as cowboy 2019 version of, of that, which is just, Hey, it's time to get out of town and, and no looking back. And so really those two things are kind of what inspired that one. But that song is so cool because it's like this idea of like right away, like maybe mm-hmm. we've heard that country song sure. before, but you bring it from the single of like a little down on my window, mm-hmm. which I feel like I've never heard anything like, yeah. like I've never, like I've never thought about that being like a significant moment sure. of like window down, maybe shoulder on the window. Well, it's like when the wind is down and your is, arms right? out, it's like, you just can see this image of, all right. And, and it's also this image of we're not even, and it's getting pretty deep, but we're, we're not even super, um, we're in a comfortable spot in our mind and heart when you roll the window down and put your arm out the window and you're, and you're driving. It's a lot different than, you know, it's, it's, there's no anxiety there about, about what you're leaving behind. And you're to that point where you're okay with whatever's behind you. I don't know if people get that from it, but that's what I want them to get out of it. But so. were, did that line, like, did you say, like, what are we going to call this? And you were like, uh, down in my window? Or like, were you chewing on that line? Like, wh- like how yeah, did you, well, you I mean, at first it was something like, Maybe when, I'm you know, no, 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 at some like, point it was windows with the something and the windows down. And then we're like, oh, that doesn't, that doesn't do it for us. But a little of this and, you know, a little splash in my cup, a little gas in my truck, a little turned up on the radio and down on my window. That does it for me. It's just a different way of saying it. Um, because we could have just gone, you know, a cup with this and, you know, a full tank of gas and then the radio up and windows down. That doesn't feel as cool to me. And all you're doing is swapping around some words. But, uh, yeah, once we landed on that, it was like, is it right or wrong? Who knows? But it felt right. So, yeah, right. I had uh, Jesse Alexander on the podcast mm-hmm. and she was saying that she had, it was hard for her transition from being an artist to being a songwriter because she would always get into these writer rooms and people would say like, oh, we're writing for your artist career. And she would say, no, no, no we're writing as a songwriter. Yep. Yep. You're like a little bit in reverse. Do you ever get in rooms and someone says like, hey, like let's write a song for Luke or let's you know write a song for someone else to pitch and then do you have to say like, no, 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 like we're writing for me. Like I'm a big deal artist. I'm playing in stadiums. Like, Yeah, I mean, normally, <laughs> um, normally I'll just kind of, like even on the writing retreats I've been doing, I'll just kind of, up front because I know that that's probably hard on their end to like know 
what we're doing because I'm an artist, but also I'm, they know that I'm getting other outside cuts too. And so I always just say, I go, Hey, let's write the best songs. And, and there's every one of these retreats, there's been at least one or two that I've pulled aside for me. And we've also got cuts with other people from other songs. So if there's somebody that we feel like we want to write for, then let's aim at that. But as far as aiming at, at me or whatever, let's don't do that. Let's find the best ideas and then they're going to land where they, where they should. Um, that way we're not spending all three days writing for me. And we're also not spending all three days just going, well, I'm not cutting any of these. I'm, it's just kind of letting them go where they're supposed to go. How many songs do you write a year? You think? Mm, I mean, over a hundred. I mean, there's been years I probably wrote 200. Um, you know, at this point I'd, I'd probably say I've written a thousand songs or more. Yeah. How many are church concerts you've been to? Um, I've been to, I mean, seven or eight at least. Have you met them yet? Yeah. Yeah. Are, we, are, are we you guys like out. buds? We got each other's number. We don't text all the time. No I don't way. want to be Is that, that guy. the most but... famous person in your phone probably, our church? Or... Um, I guess Luke's pretty famous. Luke's pretty famous um, too. I have, I have some, let's see. I mean, Eric's real famous, huh? Uh, Dean Dillon's pretty famous, but in a different way. I mean, I nobody more famous than Eric for sure. How how good is that? Do you still like? Will you go see him live? And are you thinking about when you're putting your, your live set together? Are you stealing elements? Oh yeah, well from church. Like, what are you taking from it? Not like, not, you know, and we're not taking the, we're not taking the play out of the playbook, but the kind of the reason for the play and the, what they're trying to do with that play. We're taking that mentality from it sometimes is what I do. But Eric's special for me because he's the one he's the one concert that I can still go to out of everybody to where I'm not a music guy there and like, oh, how'd they do this? And I'm breaking it down. and Or I'm, or I'm not as excited because I'm just doing music all the time anyway and it's, it, it's lost. It's, you know, the concert... You do something every day, like it can't help in life, but kind of it doesn't feel as special each time you go do it, or you go see something if that's what you do for a living, right? A football coach, when they go to a football game, it's not as exciting to them as when they were ten years old as a kid because this is what they do for a living. Yeah, right. Um, but for me, air church concerts are still the thing that I can go to, and that I can strip it all away, and be that kid that was about to pick up a guitar for the first. I can still go there. At his shows, that's why I love him still. That's yeah. I feel like there's like a couple artists like that for me that yeah, like you can still do it. You can still do, and it feels kind of like magical. Yeah, right? it's like it's a cool thing. Like it's yeah. good to have a couple artists that you yeah. can go see and tap into mm -hmm. that feeling. But I but like, have you thought about like when you get like are you gonna do like double nights, double sets? Like when you get to that point, are you gonna tap into some of that? That I mean, he, that, that he be, does. I mean, here's the thing: to get to a point where you can do a double night would be incredible. To get to that point, it's really hard to be able to do, you know, to be able to sell that amount of tickets. But I would like to think that if I could one day, I would do it, you know. Um, I mean, he, he was singing three or four hours a night back to back. Like, and the guy's a, I mean, I don't know how he does it. And I, I don't know how he does it. Um, but they say you shouldn't meet your heroes because you'll be let down. Total opposite with Eric. Why is he cool? Because he's just like, and if you read his autobiography or read the biography, he has about an autobiography. Him, well, he has. Sorry, he has a a bi, He has 
a and I'll I can send you that I have it at my house and I'll send it to you a picture or, or tell you so you can get it. It's like a it's it's not a autobiography. It is a biography that has been written, but it's not it's not super in depth. It's kind of this um, between like the first album and then probably Chief, just kind of a, an Eric Church history with like quotes and stories through the years kind it's of like thing. It's like a coffee table book? Yeah. Like, yeah so, I mean, yeah, it's probably, yeah, yeah. you know, it's it's a, it's an inch thick and it's big pages and there's pictures in every one. Um, and where, where was I going with that? I just got way into the book. Talking thing. about you never want to meet your heroes. Never want to meet your hero. Um, but he, okay, that's where I was going. He says in this, in this biography thing, he goes, when I turned the corner, coming out of the dressing room, I... He's like the reason I did the the, the glass, sunglass thing is because I become chief. Like I can't be Eric out there because Eric Church, just the guy not on stage, can't get that done. So I literally have to flip a switch, and then when I come off, I'm, I I take it off, take the glasses off. I'm not the guy on stage anymore. And so spending time with him, the couple of times I have, he's just so laid back and he's so personable. And so he's not the, oh, well, you know, the, the guy on stage and pulling out, drank him. He's, I'm going to kill that. you. <laughs> not that guy. Yeah. You're scared of that guy. Sort of. You're like, man, he'll kick my ass for sure. But when I've hung out with him, he's um, been real personable and just asking about my journey. And I got to, you know, I met his mom, got to hang out with his wife, talk about his kids. We talk about the tour he's got coming up. You know, I got to cut a song that he wrote um, back in 2004 for my record, called Battle of Betty's Love. Oh, yeah, that's a yeah. great song, actually. Thank you. Um, and he brought that up, and, and we talked about that, and just, I think what he's he's known enough, of, and, and, I, and I feel really uh, fortunate to kind of be able to, he allowed me into a circle a couple times to kind of just be buddies with him, and I, and I would consider, I think he would say we're buddies if you asked him. Um, but I think we're, it's probably he's probably a hard guy to get to that point with, but I think because we had the "Does to Me" thing, the "Does to Me" song that I wrote with Luke, that he was a feature on, and then it went number one. Because of that and stuff that he's heard that of Luke and I have written, um, and other stuff that I had written that I've recorded, I think he heard enough of that to where he at least would take the chance because he's he's has enough respect for what I've been doing to go, yeah, I'll let this guy cut this song. And also, I'd love to hang out with him, which is really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I feel yeah. like he's not wearing the glasses as much anymore. Have you noticed that? Or yeah. maybe it's the hat. Oh, he doesn't wear the hat he ever. He doesn't wear the hat ever, ever anymore, right? Yeah. I think he's... He's over it. He's probably just, yeah, probably just a... a he's got a great head of, of a hair. a brand shift. Yeah, he's got great... Great hair. Great hair. Oh, my love God. His hair. So Salt what, and pepper. So what's next for Ray here? Like, yeah. you, right, right now, you were just on tour opening up for Luke and you mm -hmm. were playing in stadiums every night. Yep. Like what, what's, what does it take to sort of get you to the next level and you're crushing it, but is it like, is it the next song on radio? Sure. Or are you doing like a headlining tour at some point? Like what, it, like what's kind of in the mindset here? That's a great question. What gets you to the next level? Cause if I knew that, you wouldn't have to ask it because I'd already be there. But you've got to have like a team. You've got smart yeah, people around. Do you ever sure. call? Do you ever talk to Cappy? Like, do you ever pick Cappy's brain on things? Yeah, I have before. I mean, uh, you know, I have my own manager. We kind of do our own thing, but, um, you know, the the I guess what I'm trying to say by that is you never really know 
what kind of gets you to the next just keep plugging away and, and trying to put out really good music and have a good marketing plan and yeah it goes to radio and it does this and and you go play shows there always seems to be pr- for all the people that have become stars they'll probably tell you there's been that one moment where they go okay this feels different now i don't know that i've got there yet i don't know what that moment is yet but and I, and you never know where it comes from it could be a song it could be a certain show it could be a uh uh some sort of appearance that goes viral or whatever it is could be a could be a video on social media you don't know what it is um and so i just try to serve all those things and yeah we've got shows coming up we've um booking shows kind of every day for the fall and then we've got a bunch of uh festivals this summer and always i mean we'll be back in the studio i mean we just put out my debut record but it won't be that long before we're back in the studio because and especially in today's world it's it's uh I don't, you don't have time to just to not have, have the gas down for too long. So, yeah. So it's really just more music. We got to get back on the road. We got to do more things. But, you know, and also too, taking every song on this record and making sure that it gets the life it deserves and finding ways to, uh, make sure that happens through social media, through press, through the different stuff, through a really great live show. And, And I'm of the mindset that if, you know, the people who have got ears on the album really love it. And so let's find more ears. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. And that's kind of what, that's all we want to do is find more ears because we think they're going to love the music. And also not just love the music, but get, I think to get people really invested, they have to be moved by it. And we think that can happen if they, if they give the record a chance or if they, you know, even come across it, it's up to us to make sure that more people come across it. Is Selling Cars going to be a single? I don't know. I would love for it to be. feels really good. I love that song. feels really good. I think, you know, I'll ask you, what do you think? You think everyday um, Jack and Jane, American, would relate to that song? Oh, my God. Well, you know what's funny is I think sometimes artists put out songs that feel very personal to their story, mm-hmm. but they feel a little bit inside baseball. Sure. Where I think, like, that's a very industry song. I don't know if someone even gets some of those references. Mm-hmm. But this song seems, it's just about chasing the dream. It's sure. not even about making the music industry. It's just about, and then I worry too, I worry, are there some guys selling cars that are going to get offended yeah. by this song? I was thinking about that too well, a little I re- bit. You know, I'm, I ran into a couple guys and I asked them that and they were like, no. It's like, we all we, we all are thinking that. We all had a dream and most of our dreams wasn't to be a car salesman, but you went and did it. And so we're not offended by that. We all get it and we think it's cool that like you went and did it. I so. think it's got to be a single. I know we've got the publicist from the label over yeah. here. I have no say in any of this. But I, it, it to me, I Let go back know. to it. To me, like when the record first came out, mm-hmm. I kept thinking, like, I got to listen to this record. I got to listen to the whole thing. And I couldn't. I mean, I did listen to it eventually, but I couldn't get through the entire record because I kept just wanting to hear Selling Cars again. I kept just wanting yeah. to play that song over and over and over. I don't know. That song, I just love it, man. It's so good. Thank you, uh, man. Thank you. I love it. When did you get to the point where you could support yourself with music? Was it when when it rains, it pours? When uh, number one? I mean, uh, twenty sixteen is when I got my first publishing deal. Yeah. So, I mean, I was making just enough to kind of just you know just write for a living, and then I was I was still self at playing shows. But the shows I was playing then, man, if you could if you could break even, that was like a win, and not lose money on the trip. Um, but r- when it rains, it pours, as I would say, the first time not just in my music career, my entire life where I personally, my entire adult life to where I personally felt like, okay, I don't have to think about money all the time. Like I'm comfortable enough now to where 
uh, I feel like I have a real job, you know? So, uh, yeah, I guess that was 2017. Mm. Did you get anything like super luxurious? Not really. I mean, I bought a house in 2020 and that was awesome. First house. I bought a truck. It's not, I mean, I love it. It's a, it wasn't some crazy, crazy truck. I mean, it's got a four inch lift. So I, I like, I always wanted a truck that had a little lift on it. And so that's what I went and got, but it's nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. Yeah. This is, and then the current single right now, anything like you dance, mm-hmm. it's the current single right now. Yep. Second song to radio, right? Do I have this right? Yes. Yes. Yep. This is a great song too. All your songs just feel good. Like whenever I'm listening to one on a playlist, I'm hearing it for the first time. I always stop at like Ray Fulcher songs. They all sound yeah. good, but this Thanks, one's man. really fun and kind of has a little bit of like a, almost like a, uh, like born in the USA kind yeah. of thing where it's like. It's it like it's it's a fun song, but then if you listen to the lyrics, it's like, oh wait a second, like this is pretty, this is yeah. kind of deeper, this is kind of a cool song, yeah. right? Is that where you were kind of going for? Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. That's honestly where anything up tempo, for me, that's kind of where I want to live. Is is it trick you into it feeling so good that you're tricked into thinking it's not a deep lyric, and then when you listen to it, you go, oh, wait a second, there's a lot of stuff being said here. That's what that's where I want to live as far as my up tempo songs. How long did it take to write that song? We wrote it in a day. It was three or four hours. Does yeah. most of the best stuff come together in like one day? Do you ever go back to songs and like keep? Yeah, there's one song my my uh, the favorite song I've ever wrote, and it's getting cut by someone, and I and I I, I literally can't say who it is right now. Um, really big is it a superstar artist? Um, yeah, big artist. Um, it's fa- favorite song I've ever wrote, but we had three three different song writing sessions on it, and so. But then some some songs are just as good. Big hit songs that have been written in forty five minutes, and so who's to say it's just every song has a life of its own? So yeah, no rhyme or reason to it. It's yeah. hard. It's hard to say. Yeah, you just need to write. Do you do any like of the morning pages or anything? Do you ever do that? Like uh, Julia Cameron always talks about this, just waking up and like writing in a notebook every day for like twenty minutes. Every... I do Wordle. You do Wordle every yeah. day. Does that get your juices <laughs> flowing? That's my gets my brain going. Wordle. Yeah. Yeah. You ever done it? Oh yeah, I'm great at word. What's See? your opening word? Uh, trash. Trash. I don't know why. Audio. I always do audio. But it got. Uh, I'm gonna try that one tomorrow. Audio. Trash. I think maybe the tenth time that I played it. That's a horrible opening word. Hey, why is that your opening? Hey, word? Hey, the tenth time. I don't use it anymore because the tenth time I got it on the first try. The the word was trash. The word was trash. <laughs> that there's yeah. one vowel. That's a horrible opening word. I know. Oh, now look, what do you use look, now? Looking back. Looking back in it hindsight, terrible. it was a terrible opening word. Um, I think I use I've been. What did I use this morning? Um, maybe it was like which. Oh, this is also terrible. Like value, I use sometimes. That's better than trash. You yeah. got two vowels in value, right? There's a U in value. No, it's three. Three. What V A L U? Oh, three. Yeah. Audio. I do audio, which gives you A, I. I'm doing that. I'm doing that from now on. Audio. It's going to do it. It's a. It's. I'm telling you. So man, if it ever it's is, gonna change if it, your wordle it, game. If it ever is audio, we're going to get it on the first try together. I'm your 100. percent Yeah. And I'll we'll screenshot it. It'll be a big moment. Yes. Um. Ray Fulcher on the podcast. His new album is out. Mm-hmm. Um. Selling cars. You got to listen to selling cars on the brand new album. Um. And there's a lot of great stuff on this album. Thanks, actually, man. the the whole thing is fantastic. Thank you. Current single. Out on radio right now, mm-hmm. anything like you dance. Yep. The sound spot by Ray Fulcher. He's capturing a mood. He's capturing a feeling. I don't even know if he knows he's doing this, <laughs> but his music feels good. 
you gotta listen. What, what do you listen to a lot of country music still? Or I do. Yeah, I mean, I I tend to listen to more of the old stuff. I also love um, the Eagles. Love the Eagles. Oh my God, love I love the Eagles. Motown music. Um, and I love my favorite is like probably nineteen eighty five to nineteen ninety five country, like when Keith from when Keith Whitley was in his heyday, and all those guys in that that late that kind of mid to late eighties scene. And, you know, when George Strait was just rocking it with all those early hits, all the way up through kind of the Alan Jackson golden years. I mean, that's my favorite era. Man, I, listen, I still listen to a ton of other country, too. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of where my kind of my, my uh, baseline, my kind of where I, is that and kind of the, the eagle sound and stuff and Motown. Yeah, I love that. By yeah. the way, I love that prank you did uh, with Luke. You pranked oh, yeah. <laughs> him. You, you dressed up as Eric Church with the American flag around. Yeah. And then you well, you jumped up on stage and like... I sang Eric's part on Does to Me. And uh, Luke told me right after, he goes, I thought um, for the first three seconds, I thought it was Eric. I thought Eric had come to... Oh, you let him down. He was, yeah. he was probably so he disappointed. Did the, he did the thing where he was like, oh man. And then he went... Like you know, right when he kind of realized it was me, yeah. <laughs> was it when you saw that show at the Georgia Theater? Was it sold out? Like, was he a big deal at the time, or was he sort of still I mean, it on was, the rise? It was half full. It was like half full. Mm-hmm. And you, and what he played lightning right in, in the middle of in lightning. In the middle of the set, yeah. You were like, and Holy I just crap. was like, what is this? And I, you know, I've uh, you know, if you if you ever listen to Green Lights, he, here's here's the thought. Here's the the kind of the best way I can put it. The way I felt in the moment in a different way is if you hear Matthew McConaughey in his book Green Lights. Yeah. And he talks about the way that he met his wife. He was like at a bar or this nice restaurant. And he looks over and he goes, and I didn't think to myself, who is that? I thought, what is that? I've never seen a woman that shined like like that. And I kind of felt the same way. I've heard a million songs. I fell in love with a million songs. But when he played that song, I literally was like, what is that? That is something different than I've ever heard in my whole life. And that's what kind of made it all click for me. But I don't understand how you had the confidence to. Ch- I mean, I get the selling cars thing. Like, I'm really yeah. into this, but I just don't get how you had the confidence to say, like, forget the degree, forget the uh, the fact that I'm 21, I haven't picked up a guitar, my yeah. mind's probably too formed to even learn mm-hmm. how to play guitar. Like, you put that all aside, you said, screw this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure this out, right? That that's the Ray Fulcher method. Yeah, that was the mentality, and, and two, it was, you know, I always thought, I always had this thing that I. Uh, that I still go back to every once in a while, and I, it's there's got to be a first, is the way I always say it. And so, always growing, I'd be like, all right, well, you know, if there's never been someone moved to Nashville, at, with my talent level at this age from this small of a town with zero connections, if there's never been someone to make it, with all that, well, there's got to be a first. And so that was enough of a chance, like the in Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. That was enough of a chance for me to go. I've got to do this. I mean, once I, it, I had to make up my mind, like for me, it was, I had to decide, can I wake up one day at 45, 50, whatever the age would be and look back and go, dang it. What if I could not live with that? And that scared me more than it was moving and Ash doing this was the scariest thing I've ever done, but it didn't scare me as bad as that did. I was selling cars. Yeah. 
Ray Fulcher on the podcast, the new album, Spray Painted Lines, which is, this is sort of a reference to Starting Gates, right? Or this Star, is Starting Line, starting race, line yeah. basically, mm-hmm. is sort of, so this album is is the starting line, basically. It's got a great cover right here, great track list. Everybody's got to listen to this and stream this, and he's going to be on the road in the fall, right? Yep. Hitting, uh, doing I mean, everywhere. So I'll everywhere. Be, I'll be on tour with Craig Morgan like later in the fall for a few weeks, and then before that, we'll be kind of uh, doing some, doing some dates with some other artists and then also kind of my own stuff, but it's all kind of coming together right now. So we'll have kind of a full list here in the next couple of weeks, I would think. So check the website, Ray yeah. Fu- rayfulcher.com. Ray We've Fulcher got the publicist Dawn in the studio. Have we left What's anything out? Have we, have we, have we missed anything? Has anything been unsaid, Ray? I don't think so. I mean, we could talk forever, but I think, yeah, we kind of covered it, I think. We've covered it. Selling cars, man. I'm t- I can't stress Thank this you. enough. I was like, I was next watching. Next single, I guess, right? Next single. <laughs> uh, who do we have to talk to? I just saw that in the opera, and I was like, I got to get Ray on the podcast. I mean, that song was just so cool. There's also, I want to ask you this, too, because this is very in the weeds. There's sort of this, like, I think in the chorus, there's this mm-hmm. very deep kind of growly vocal thing. Is mm-hmm. that you? Do you know what I'm talking about? Is this in the chorus that happens? Um... There's this very deep, like now I'm trying to think of how the chorus goes. The um, I'm six strings deep in a long neck, long shot, as you need on all night scene. I need to have empty rooms, don't give a damn about the dudes I'm paying. Or the new songs that I'm Or the playing. new songs I'm playing. Right on that line, there's a deep, playing. there's like, or the new song. There's like a deep the voice songs. under That's your it. voice. On the new songs. Do you know what I'm talking about? I can hear. I think I know what you're talking about. Was That's that, just me. Is that like overdubbing the chorus? No, we didn't overdub. Um, no, no, there's no way. There, you didn't overdub the chorus? No, I mean, Jonathan Singleton is singing harmonies. Oh, it's singing harmony. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But he may have done, when I hit the low note, he probably went low harmony with me. Oh, my God. Of, yeah. I love that moment in the song. It's yeah. a great moment. I'm telling you, selling cars. This thing is, it's so good. It's so good. Thanks, man. All right, Ray Fulcher on the podcast. He's busy. He's a busy guy. He just got <laughs> off a writing retreat. He's going to keep doing Zooms after this. He's a busy guy, so we're going to let him run. Thanks for coming into the Chase Studio. Thanks so much for having coming me. Coming on the podcast, and we'll, we'll see you next time. Yeah, see you soon. Lewis, did we get it? Whew. What if Lewis was just like, I didn't get any of that? <laughs> <laughs>